We would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we have a great topic to talk about, but we're not going to tell you what that is yet. Yes, the suspense is palpable. It's going to linger for a while because we're just not going to tell you, which is everyone's going to like scratch their heads and go nuts because what is it that we're going to talk about? Because we, I always say what we're going to talk about, but for now, you're just going to have to wait because we're going to introduce everyone because we have some cool, amazing news, but I'm going to let Krebs throw out that news. Yes, I am here tonight. This is Krebs. Hello, everybody. And I am here with my brother. Hello, I am Matai, the other Krebs. Welcome to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And in a fit of absolute genius, we decided to reach out to one of our all-time favorite guests and ask if they would join us on a more permanent basis. And so here for the first time making her debut as a host on DCR is our favorite, not a Heather... Willow! Yay! Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Her name is Willow, but I still think she should go by Sorsha. No. Incorrect. <laughs> I mean, that it's not Bav Morda. Incorrect. Sorsha, you loved it the first time I called you Sorsha. You know what? I do. I think, actually, I... Um... I honestly just wish that I could have her hair. Talk about your wild, beautiful redhead. I wanted Mad she Mardigan's the... hair and mm, face oh, yeah. and physique and, and body. everything, right. really. <laughs> everything Mr. Kilmer short. still wishes he had Mad Mardigan's hair. <laughs> oh, I know. He's oh. so cool, man. He he's is. so rad. And I heard, I don't know if this is true. I, I, I haven't gone to vet to see if this is confirmed yet. But I heard whispers in the wind that he is in some way going to make an appearance in the new Willow series. <gasps> yeah, that's, Great. that is he was, Wasn't he in Maverick? You guys? Yes, he was. He was. He was. Yeah. Yes, he was yeah. in Did Maverick. And they digitally job. edited his voice using oh, his you know son. What? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So it was have incredible. you seen? Have you seen the documentary? The I've been Val meaning Kilmer to watch the documentary. I've been meaning yes. to, and I, I haven't that. watched it yet. And I really, really want to. It it's cool. So, it is so really good. neat. Yeah, it is really neat. And his son does his voiceovers for the whole movie. And his son's voice is so much like his yes. voice. It's just beautiful. Like, it's just, I just loved it. I just thought it was so warm and fuzzy and lovely and amazing and interesting. And I just fell in love with Valcom. He's great. And tonight's geek news has brought, been brought to you by our new host, Willow. <laughs> nice. All right, folks. It's that time. So we have a great topic uh, to talk about, which if you haven't seen or read this book, you must have been living in a very deep, dark, dank cave because pretty much everyone in the whole history of the world at this point has seen or read this book, which is The Princess Bride. Yes. Yeah, so it is a fantastic book. It's one. It's definitely a movie they should never remake. I'm sorry if they ever do it should be burned they can't immediately it just well, can't be done again debatable but i understand what you're saying and i wholly support the notion that the 80s version of the film is the definitive version even if they were to make a remake i don't know that you could ever say that the 80s version was not the definitive version i mean think about mm -hmm. think about what they did with freaking dirty dancing right like there's the 80s version with jennifer gray and patrick swayze and it is still to this day a beloved film. They did a remake of it in the, what, early to mid-2000s? They did a remake of it, and some of you are like, really? They did? And that's exactly... <laughs> this, is, this is news to me. That, is that exactly, tells you how great it was. No one knows about it, except for that you. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> no. Well, they remade Dirty Dancing and Footloose, which is more evidence of why they should never remake The Princess Bride. Yes. Right? It's just <laughs> fine. <laughs> Well, I, not only that, it was like lightning in a bottle. It really the, was. The cast was perfect. I, mm -hmm. It's really hard to try to change any of that casting. I can't see anyone playing those roles. Uh, I mean, go ahead. You, you take Andre, Andre the Giant, and who are you going to replace him with? The actor who plays the mountain from Game of Thrones? I'm You're sorry. Right. No, he doesn't have. He does not have the comedic chops. I would well, not. Okay, he doesn't. Do but Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> the big show from WWE might be, because he's actually done quite a bit of acting now, so maybe. Also, I have to correct something. 
Dirty Dancing in 2004 was not a remake. I think technically it was a sequel. It was called Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Um, but oh, okay. It's, but it's still... An, that it's, doesn't make it that better. One's it doesn't make... In fact, if anything, it makes it worse, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I, I just had to correct that. Also, apparently there was a Dirty Dancing 3. What? Okay, guys. No, 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 no. This one is Dirty Dancing 3 Capoeira Nights. And I'm like... Are you sure it's not Dirty Dancing cool. 3 The Cash Cow? Dirty Dancing, milking the cash cow. Attempt at um, a few wait, more cool. dollars. The, the the poster they have oh, here on IMDb makes it appear in, like it, it might be an incredibly inappropriate film. I'm not sure. It might just be. Uh, I don't Dirty know. Dan- Dirty Dancing Copperfield is what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then let's not forget the Dirty Dancing television series. But I digress. I digress. Mm. Um, the, the, the point that you brought up is like how special and treasured the princess bride is now, Daniel, you yeah. also started this off by saying, if you've never read the book, then, then you've been living under a rock and you're subhuman and scum of the earth or something. I don't know. No, I didn't say it. You've just been living in a deep dank cave and like, where have you been all these, y- so these years? So because... that would be me. I've never read the book, <laughs> but you've watched, you've seen the movie though. Well, I've seen the movie for sure. Yeah. And, so it's like, and fell in love with the soundtrack. Yeah. It's like one or the other. If you haven't seen mm. or read one or the other you've just been that's true where um if if you don't understand the weight and the importance of the three words as you wish yes then you're not a then yeah, uh, yeah. you're not of this world and and pleasure to me make your acquaintance uh but you need to see this movie well i mean the great thing about the movie and the book is it has some really good life lessons um you know one which we we see very clearly is you know listen to your elders uh, women are not damsels. I think that was something that was really helpful to to show people because, you know, a lot of the movies pretty much to that, women, you know, women were just damsels in distress and, you know, they got hysterical. They got smacked around a lot and then shook and things like that to straighten up. Um, the other really cool, cool thing that I learned from that is not everyone says what they mean. Life is really unfair. And you should always find fun in everything you do. And true love will always prevail. I mean, we, we saw those lessons throughout the book and the movie, especially in the movie. I mean, it really, they did a great job in those things. Um, so, I mean, we can kind of start there, see if there's any other lessons that you guys um, picked up on, or if we want to expand on these ones, we can definitely go, do that. And then there's other things that we can go go to like famous lines fit you know who are your favorite characters and so forth love it oh my gosh um matthew i i'm sure you remember this but there was one there was this one summer i think it was where our aunt and uncle who at the time lived next door to us took a trip that took them out of town for a handful of days and they asked us my brother myself and and our sister to watch the house, make sure nothing bad happened to it. I, they, they're, they're the cool aunt and uncle. So I think they thought it would, they were doing the cool thing by letting us like hang out in their house and they would let us watch their VHS movies and, and, you know, use their stuff. They they were the first ones in the family to have a VCR. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Now we had one at the time too, but they were the first. Eventually we got one. They were, they were the first. Uh, And they had a copy of the princess bride. And they also had the soundtrack on vinyl and we ended up using their house as like our little clubhouse for that week. (laughs) And we watched princess bride and listened to the soundtrack over and over and over that entire week. We also failed to clean up any mess we made and we (laughs) ate all of their junk food and we got in a lot of trouble when they came back. But uh, like, what did they think was going to happen? inconceivable (laughs) it was it was kind of like ridiculous to entrust us at that age but what was in that that was the first time i saw the movie that was the first time i heard the soundtrack and it was like the first dozen times that i had those experiences and it was phenomenal it was it was life-changing as a youth i think what's really interesting about the princess bride is that it's so evergreen like that's that's what's so cool about it is even though it was done in the 80s or yeah like the 80s right like 87 whatever 88 even though it was done yeah to definitely verify i'm making numbers up 
87. It's yeah. Oh, look at me. Um, but it was, it's just so evergreen it, and it has these fundamental, I think, storytelling, um, pins that are so, so strong. You have these really strong archetypes. Um, and, and of course I'm a writer, so I come, I, I see this movie from a writer, writer's perspective, but it's got this really strong archetypes of, um, kind of a hero, a damsel in distress, um it's got these kind of sage characters um mm-hmm. it's got a, a very evil bad guy and then of course you have a really strong three-act structure which is really phenomenal um but i just think that it's cool that it just keeps being awesome it never stops being awesome like it's it just keeps being awesome and it doesn't matter um who you show it to like my girls love it you know and and I have a 14 year old and a five year old and they love it too. So I think that it plays on these deep seated beliefs that we have about, you know, what story looks like. And I think that as far as adventure goes, it's the quintessential adventure movie. Like this is a story about adventure and, um, and it's about adventure, you know, and, uh, and, and kind of this tongue in cheek kind of funny version of what adventure should be like, cause it is an adventure, but it's also very, um, Brechtian, like in that it breaks this fourth wall. Like it, it, it's winking at you. And the book even does it more. The book is winking yeah. at you the whole time. Like we're going to play with timeline. We're going to mention things that are, you know, uh, anachronistic, like that don't make sense for us to know about right now. But, um, but I just I think that it's just so evergreen. It's amazing how well it has kept up over time. It's incredible. For me, I uh, yes, I saw the movie millions of times. Totally fell in love with it. Always, always loved to watch that movie. And then after Carrie Elway's, uh, after I saw him at Fanex, uh, I actually f- asked. I actually went and got the book for my Kindle, and I was thinking, what is wrong with me? I've read most every other book that was adapted into a movie. Why would I not do The Princess Bride since I love it so much? So I, I I pulled it up and read it. And it is, and just like most books, it adds to the movie experience. It is yeah. very much in the same vein as the movie. So if you enjoy the movie, you will definitely love the book. There was more they could more in the book than they could get into in the movie and a lot more of that kind of sarcastic humor uh, and breaking the fourth wall. Like Willow said, Uh, I also picked up uh, Carrie's book as you wish, which has these incredible behind the scene anecdotes of uh, the making of the princess bride. And it just makes me love the movie even more. Uh, Carrie dancing around with his broken toe, uh, trying, and it's like, oh, that's why he, uh, had to move this way in that scene there. And, uh, the, the, the sword fight between, um, uh, him and, and good old Inigo, uh, was real. That is actually, most of that is actually them. Yes, uh, doing yeah. that. It was just, it was incredible. So I think, uh, I think I, the stunt doubles were brought in for like the flips. Yes, but some the of the actual sword play stuff. and no, they actually them. learned how to be professional <laughs> sword fighters, and they really, they, um, yeah, they did better than the stunt doubles. Yeah. So what I what I loved about this movie when I watched it, I was, I mean, my jaw dropped after the first time I saw it, and I was trying because for some reason at that time in my life, I wanted to figure out what genre this movie fits in and it doesn't it is it's a romance it's a fantasy it's a comedy it's uh an, an action adventure movie it does all of these things and for the longest time people had wanted to make a movie of uh bill goldman's the princess bride book and every every movie house that got a a treatment of of the script um said, oh, it's impossible to make. This is the movie that that can't be made. Uh, But then you get, um, oh my gosh, Meathead. What's Meathead's name? Oh, uh, you're you're thinking of um, Eisner? (laughs) No. Uh, Oh, you know who I mean. Reiner, 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 Rob Reiner. Reiner. Okay, thank you, sorry. Not Meathead, Rob Reiner. Um, (laughs) 
And if you guys get the meathead reference, then, well, you're then as old as I am. Welcome to our age. <laughs> but, uh, yes, Rob Reiner was probably the only director at the time uh, that could have done this. I mean, even Spielberg could not have pulled this off. It would not have gone as well as as Rob Reiner. But then you get him, you get this great cast. Uh, Goldman actually did participate in some of the early uh, script um, writing. I don't think he was very much of a fan of the of the final script. He was very pres- uh, particular about his work, but he was involved at the beginning, and I still think they did a really good uh, job of the whole thing, but they broke that wall. And we talked about this in previous episodes, especially when we were talking about Kroll, how when a movie distributor or production house doesn't know how to classify a movie they usually ruin it because they can only think one dimensionally somehow the princess bride didn't suffer from that and i think it might be because i don't really recall seeing trailers very much for it but the word of mouth was terrific everybody i knew that had seen that movie says you have to go see this movie and and i loved it so this one crosses all these genre barriers and was one of the is the exception to the rule that when you do that the movie flops yeah i was gonna say the the nice thing about the movie like you know willow already already said is you can watch it now and it still fits it still works well where if you go watch never-ending story it's really hard to watch because it just didn't age well with time but this one seems almost timeless because I mean, let's. I mean, so much so that even Deadpool two played yeah. on it. Yeah, Deadpool two re-released in a PG thirteen version, uh, mimicking at points the Princess yeah. Bride formula. Yeah, uh, and and one of the things about the Princess Bride that's so special, like th- this came out a year after Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off had this excellent comedic. Um, mechanism for breaking the fourth wall to talk to the audience being very self-aware that sort of thing without corrupting the world in which it existed and the princess bride you know normally one of the failures of a book to movie adaptation is that almost always because of time constraints and audience attention span you can't fit everything from the book into a single film you have to make cuts here and there and you have to like make it abridged but the brilliance in this film was introducing the grandfather and the grandson to tell the story because it gave them a mechanism by which they could say well i want to skip this part i don't want to pay attention to that and then so they could like jump through the story in a way that made sense yeah which i thought was really clever and then breaking the fourth wall to a degree like they broke their the there wasn't quite a fourth wall breaking so much as like a self-awareness. Um, but they were they, they were presenting the movie by putting a wraparound layer of movie on the movie, right? And it allowed us to see two worlds at once. And we got to see how the world of um, the Dread Pirate Roberts, no, um, of Wesley and Buttercup, we got to see how their world easily fit into our real world through Fred Savage and Peter Falk. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you bring up uh, abridgment. Uh, the full title of the book is The Princess Bride, S. Morgenstern's classic tale of true love and high adventure, the good parts version, abridged by William Goldman. <laughs> that is the full title. And interestingly, That's in the awesome. book, S., this S. Morgenstern fictional author um, is dealing with uh, frustrations from his wife and his son that constantly disappoints him as he's trying to write this for the Princess Bride. Yeah. Uh, and so they have a framing mechanism in the book that is not the same as what's in the movie, but they took that same concept and they put Peter Falk and uh, uh, Ben Savage in there and it still served a purpose. And I think that what they did in the movie was probably a better fit for the movie. While what uh, Goldman did with Morgan Stern in the book is probably is just fine uh, for the book, but I just, it's just interesting. They kept the same concept, but also completely changed it. I think they modernized it and made it more acceptable to audiences. Uh, You know, the, the grandfather and grandson being ill, I think works really well. Yeah. Um, You know, and like Kreb said that it was made it easier to skip transition past scenes that we didn't need to see. Um, Cause you know, seeing an author, I mean, we've kind of seen an author try to, 
to write a, a story and you know get all tied up in it um what was that will ferrell movie with emma thompson in it where she's writing stranger than fiction Strang- yeah stranger in fiction and it didn't play off too well so i think changing it really made it work better uh for the record I think Stranger Than Fiction is one of the best movies that came out within that five-year span, and it's the best thing Will Ferrell has ever made. But I agree, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but it 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 wasn't a success like this one was. No, it wasn't. So, yeah, you know. So this this movie this movie wasn't originally a success either. In fact, um, it says um, I'm totally stealing from Wikipedia, but yes, it says do. on Wikipedia <laughs> that um, that originally wasn't very success- successful at all. And that it only became successful when it hit VHS because everybody was just starting to have, like you had mentioned before, VHS players. Yeah. And so the, you know, what is your mom and dad going to buy for your new VHS machine? Well, you can pick Terminator 2 or you can pick... Um, princess bride and you're going to pick princess bride so i think a lot of a lot of parents who didn't know what to buy like then they're like we need to invest in something this looks like a good kid show and our family can watch it um i think that that's when it be that that's when it became the classic because it originally wasn't very successful at all well i think the 80s is also that transition period where you you know people that went to the movies went on dates they didn't really take their kids and so when, you know, VHS came out, that was a great opportunity to sit at home and watch movies that you didn't have access to. So, I mean, I definitely miss, you know, going to the movie store and running through the video store and looking for the cassette tape and hoping that no one else checked them out because otherwise you couldn't see it till the next weekend. Or hiding um, it behind a different yeah. movie. Yeah, you so gotta hide it behind something. Nobody would get it. <laughs> and so yeah. you would take a family movie and you'd go to like the horror section and then you would hide it. Yes. No one's yep. gonna look for no it there. It. Yeah. So yes. I think that's, I mean, again, that's probably one of the reasons why it didn't get successful to that point because, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, we're not gonna go see that on a date. We'll go see that movie instead. Um, but once it got to the point where kids were seeing it, I mean, I remember seeing it in sixth grade because um, we read the book and then we got to see the movie afterwards. Um, that's where I, when I got introduced to it and it was just like, I, I got to have this and I bugged my parents until they finally bought it. But um, and it, it, you're right, it does have all those archetypes and kind of those classic tropes within the story as well that just make you love it. You know, you, you got to make a good point there, Daniel. This is a total date movie. This is wonderful for dates. Oh, uh, it's like I the remember, quintessential date movie. You're right, but people at the watch- time didn't see think of that. Right, right. And I, I, in my early 20s, uh, this was still popular, and we had our, our own copy of it. I would actually use this as a test. If a girl that I was taking out didn't like The Princess Bride, that was our last date. Wow. You know what's <laughs> funny is I, I once dated a girl that I was, like, super-duper into, and I brought over uh, Kroll to her house and we only got about 10 minutes into it and she couldn't watch it anymore. And then so she she like asked me to change movies. So we did. And we ended up watching Little Women instead the whole way through. <gasps> oh. I want you to know. I want you to know. Oh, no. I did not. I did not marry her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's terrible. That that's is terrible doomed. Thing. That is the, just doomed. the thing is okay. Let, let me ask you this though. Like in all honesty, have you ever met? And I am going to say female in this case. Have you ever met a female that did not like the Princess Bride? Yes. <gasps> Tell me yes. that story. Absolutely. <clears throat> so I actually, I this is one of those weird things. So we we live in Utah. People probably know that uh, we many of us live in Utah. Uh, we I think we all live in Utah. I don't know. Anyway, some of us do. Um, but here in Utah, uh, Princess Bride is like, it's like the state movie. Like yeah. everyone likes it. Everyone, honestly, someone is gonna someone's gonna steal an idea for me, but it's fine. Someone should make a musical of the Princess Bride because it would make so much cash. They have. So they have. They have. Done it right? twice. Twice okay. they've done a musical. Well, it needs to be in Utah because it would make True. so much cash. Um, but I have a friend who um is my friend on Facebook, and she is very particular. And it was one of those days when people are like. Say something that you think that's very 
you know that what oh, like what's unpopular these, opinion yeah what's your unpopular opinion here and she's like my unpopular opinion is that the princess bride is terrible and i'm like <gasps> what block unfriend. Yeah. now hang on did she, did she have did she have justification for her viewpoint she had like an she had an essay about why she hated it like i i think that i think that it was like there's all these there's all these things about it but i feel like the same way like if you hate the princess bride i think it says something about your own soul like there's some, <laughs> you're you're exposing your own flaw hating the, hating the princess bride means that you like to kick puppies and you like to <laughs> set orphanages on fire she probably started off her essay with i married a six-fingered man how could you dare characterize him like that yeah. No, I think that there's like uh there's a little bit of um <clears throat> there's a maybe an erudite, you know, uh kind of person who believes maybe that they're above the kind of action, yes. adventure, romance and humor of the movie. And I feel like in my life those are the people who have hated the movie. There are people who say, "Oh, that movie. Oh, well, it's just not very um what elevated you know yeah <laughs> you're like what 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 why why do you want to spend your life watching stuff that makes you feel smart when you could watch stuff that makes you feel happy hey, hey willow hey willow hey what why did the how did the hipster die it's only the, guys. It's only the middle of the episode. <laughs> I know this is a bonus one. This is a bonus one. Willow, how did the hipster drown? Um, the hipster he, drown? There was a brand new. Um, <laughs> just so you don't know. Just so you don't know. The bottom of the ocean. I don't know. Get stuck in the washer. He went ice skating before it was cool. Oh. 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 <laughs> no, but wait. No, that's so, so true, though. The, but the point of that joke. Besides the groans it will elicit, um, is that that's what you were kind of talking about? Is that there's this attitude of you know, well, if everybody likes it, it's cool to to, to hate on it, and it's like, well, you're, you're just gonna drown, so don't don't do that. Just like, backing up what you said, just it makes me happy. It doesn't yeah. have to be Citizen Kane. It makes me happy. We keep coming back yeah. to this too. Like like we just talked to Bob Salvatore, and he brought up the point. He's like, "What's your favorite movie, Citizen Kane?" What? That is not the best movie ever made. The best movie ever made is American Graffiti by George Lucas, right? So he's like, <laughs> he's doing that, and uh, and and then we were talking about uh, a scene with Elizabeth Olsen where she straight up tells a dude, "You think it's cool to hate things, but it's yeah. not. It's just boring, right?" Uh, and this is sort of that thing too. Like you were mentioning, there are some people who just find themselves they they need that validation of being so intellectually above that they can't possibly enjoy something that is common or popular. Um, but then they end up in a world of really esoteric and quite frankly depressing, non-joyful or joyless things uh, yes. because they can't stand the idea that every once in a while something that appeals to the masses is actually appealing for good reasons yeah. and not, you know, I, I totally I totally acknowledge that there is sort of like this balance between, you know, tripe that we just throw out to a million people in the hopes of making some money versus an intellectual endeavor. I get that. I get that idea and that concept. Uh, but the princess bride is masterfully crafted around existing tropes executed in clever and distinct, unique ways that had never been done before. Uh, and they did a brilliant job of being self-aware without being ham-fisted, of being hilarious and accessible without being trite and um, uh, base. You know, like they did a fantastic job of I like the example you said is that well it's not it's not elevated and and I realize that's what the the you know those individuals in that camp might say but the truth is it is it is completely elevated out of the trash and the putrescence that existed <laughs> at that time it's it, it is a phenomenal film for every value that it brings to the screen interesting point if we acknowledge that there are people out there who feel it elevates themselves or makes themselves uh look better to hate things that the masses love if you flip that script a bit the masses hate something 
somebody who actually like that same person will not necessarily say they love it. In mm. fact, the people who do love something that most people hate actually feel kind of shamed and they'll may enjoy it, but it's, they'll call it their guilty pleasure. They won't come out yeah. and admit it. So hating something is always easier than loving something. Yeah. And yeah. You, you put a lot of your soul into the things that you love. Whereas hate kind of takes your stakes is stealing. Yeah. It's soul sucking. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of the nice thing about the film is the fact that we don't have a mass, a huge cast, you know, it's not flashy and over, overindulgent, like, you know, nothing wrong with Lord of the Rings or, or the Hobbit, but there, there's a lot that goes into those films. This was very simplistic. It had a very simple cast but you fell in love with each of those characters. You know those characters inside and out. Um, even Vicini, the, he ends up dying halfway through the film. Everyone can quote what he says, and everyone knows his famous tagline. Um, so much so that you know the same actor can show up on Young Sheldon, and <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh, that's the guy from Princess Bride," um, or or it's Rex from from Toy Story. Um, but everyone knows those characters inside and out that has seen these films and loves the films and they can quote it and there's just joy there, but it's not, it wasn't a big budget. You didn't have to go overboard to make a good film that people loved. Pop quiz for everybody here and at home without looking it up. What are the qualities of Iocane powder? It is odorless. It is tasteless, dissolves instantly in liquid yep mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly right and, and i've been and i've been poisons known to me. and i've been slowly building up a resistance to it for the last several years <laughs> <laughs> what i i think is so cool about um the princess bride and i was just trying to get some more information on it but um i just think that the casting was brilliant i think that the you know yeah. one of the there there are several brilliant things about the movie uh, and you mentioned the script i mean the reason why we know the characters is because of course the script is brilliant william golding yeah. did help write it um and i think that the directing was really well um, done as well i think rob reiner had investment you know he was inspired by a book that his father gave him this was a family affair for him you know he wanted to bring something to life that had touched him as a child this was his story that he wanted to tell and as an artist you kind of have that moment in your artistic journey where you get to a point where you're like I want to tell the story that touches me and that has impacted me, you know, and this was his version of that. So I think you feel that passion for the project, but my real, I really think that the brilliance here is the casting. I mean, um, I don't know if, if you re we were all, I don't, I think we were all pretty young, but we're talking about th this was a phenomenal, a phenomenal cast, Carol yeah. Kane and Carrie Elways and Robin Wright, who was brand new, but who was just gorgeous and such a strong actress. You had Billy Crystal, who was at the top of his game. He was yeah. so good. Mm. Manny Patinkin, who honestly can do anything. I mean, he's yes. a, he's won Tonys. He can sing. He can dance. He can act. He's just like all the way around one of the, one of the strongest actors that we've seen in the last 50s. 50 years he's so good I agree. so this this casting was just phenomenal and um i don't know if you guys have thought about but if you thought about you know can you imagine some of these people who didn't make it in if they had been in uh, uh i don't know if you've seen some of the alternatives but um liam neeson i guess <gasps> auditioned for the role of Wesley. keegan what role would keegan play what <laughs> Wesley. He didn't um, get the role because there was only one buttercup. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he couldn't throat chop people. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess he actually didn't get the job because he was too tall. But um, oh, wait. Um, yeah, it's uh, let's see. Um, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he uh, maybe oh. he uh, he he auditioned for the part of Fezzik. I was oh. wrong. Huh. Oh, do That's you have some information crazy. pulled up right now? Yeah. I do. It says the 68-year-old actor tried out for the part. This is celebritainment for 
100% you know honesty 68 <laughs> year old actor tried out for the part of giant Fezzik in the 1987 movie but director Rob Reiner insisted that Taken Star was not tall enough for the role yeah and then he he um he hired Andre the Giant which I think is actually one of the most brilliant um choices of all yeah. because Andre the Giant had been a wrestler up to that point oh, yeah. um, and hadn't done hadn't done acting he was so big he but he had this heart. He was so kind. There was so much kindness. And you probably could have taken that role and made it a little harder. I can't, I can't imagine Liam Neeson would have been as kind. I feel like. <laughs> well, I mean, not only that. I have I mean, a certain set of skills. I want to break your head open. Andre the Giant is 7'4". I mean, he's, I think yeah. he's at least a good foot taller than Liam Neeson. But mm -hmm. just his presence, he always looked bigger and taller um another great cast was peter cook though as the abbot oh <laughs> oh, oh. oh. yeah there's currently choice. a billboard in utah county that plays off of that i'm yeah. trying to remember what it is but it was um uh it's but it's got a picture of the the bishop with his hat and everything. Yeah. And I forget exactly what it is, but it was something like cyber security is what brings us here together. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> Domo. I think it's Domo. Yeah. Yeah. It's Domo. Domo, Domo so would funny. do something like that. Of yeah, they would, but it's, it, but, but you put that up there and it was well, like, you're saying this is the Utah state movie, right? If you go to a crowded place in Utah and you just shout randomly, anybody want a peanut? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you will get a reaction. Yes, that is so funny. It's so it's so true. Um, I I don't know. I just I think it's amazing. And I was trying to figure out who was who had done the casting just because it. I mean, it was just brilliant from I from the beginning to the end. And when there was that kind of um, there was a little bit of a scuttle, but just like like maybe a couple years ago, um, someone had said something about oh we might be looking at re you know at redoing princess bride we've been thinking a little bit about you know redo remaking it and like the world freaked out yeah i don't know like <laughs> social media went went crazy like lost it um and it was so funny because i saw a meme and it was like it doesn't matter if you're republican or democrat we can all agree on one thing and that is that the princess bride should not be remade <laughs> no one no one wants that remade and then someone mentioned something well you know if you were gonna remake it the only way that anybody would get behind it is if you remade it with muppets that's what i was gonna muppets. say that's the only acceptable version <laughs> is the muppet version mm, miss piggy awesome. else you wish <laughs> which is perfect and so the question becomes if it was your <laughs> muppet version of the princess bride <sighs> who would your one human be because you can only get one human and what part would they play that's the question you oh, would ask Humperdinck. okay all right yeah. uh, uh, humperdinck right. obviously the human's going to be the bad guy yeah okay and, fine. and sweetums sweetums has to be physic oh that's exactly what i was going to say he's perfect yeah. sweetums is physic i like that um, I was thinking Gonzo Ooh. could be Inigo Montoya. No, 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 no. Oh. Pepe the Prawn. Oh, Pepe, Pepe the, the King. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Pepe the Prawn is Inigo I, Montoya. Yeah. Yes, yes. He yes. Think them like a bad, bad donkey. Uh, yeah. He's Inigo. always he's always been kind of a side character. I think he needs to move into that kind of uh, uh, that secondary lead. And then Pepe and, is my all time favorite Muppet. Yeah, and then so uh, Drago could be the six fingered man. Ooh, but then who is our human? Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. So yeah. First, what's the well, role the human? The would human play? would have to be like, um, uh, like you were saying, it would be Matthew. Wesley. No, 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 no. Well, okay, okay. I, I could see a version with Wesley. I could, but I don't think we want to give Wesley the role to uh, the, the role of Wesley to a human. I do agree that humans in Muppet movies as villains tends to work. I, are, are we assuming that Miss Piggy is Buttercup and Kermit no, 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 is no. Wesley? No, I, I think, I think Kermit and Piggy should be Max. And his wife. Oh, that's oh, a that great, great call. Because I was going to go another direction wow. with that. And I was like, what if Gonzo is Wesley and one of the chickens is, is Buttercup? <laughs> because, I mean, can you see it? Can you see it? Okay, he's this I was hapless great. hero. 
I was thinking the female tambourine player from Electric Mayhem should be Buttercup. Oh yeah, because that okay, that character has never gotten her day on yeah, the Muppets at all. Will, but, but gentlemen, I gentlemen, <gasps> I have to just, I have to, I have to tell you, Miss Piggy would never allow someone to take that part. There, yeah. there would be bloodshed <laughs> before she allowed anyone to take that part from her. That is she actually is true. She's going to be the princess. No, there's just, you can't recast that part. Sorry. I like but you so, can't have, I think, doc, but then you have Dr. Teeth and, uh, oh, Mel, was it Melody? Is is the woman from the Electric Mayhem? I, maybe I, I I'm trying to find the name myself right but now. But anyway, I don't yeah, know. So, but yeah, have have Doctor Teeth and and her be be Max and, and his wife. Oh, uh, I'm cool. not a witch. I'm your I, wife. I'm into that. Yeah. I I could she get behind that. Talk. So so if I could... actually like the idea of a chicken of a chicken being Max's wife though too. I love the idea of Gonzo and a chicken like being a couple. This is fantastic. <laughs> I think Gonzo and the chicken should be Miracle Max. Yeah, that's what I, I I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I, on board with that. I think, I, I think right. you're right. I think, I think you're right. Correct. Um, <laughs> I think I think uh, Fozzie Bear is the the keeper in the dungeon, the albino. The mm. albino, okay. Oh um, yeah, that's a good idea. I think uh, I like it. I like the idea of um, Beaker being the abbot. Uh, mm. performing the uh, marriage oh, ceremony. Oh, I could see oh, that. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Me, right. me. Who, who's me, the grandfather me, me, and the grandson? Me, 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 me. That's right. <laughs> what was that? Who's the grandfather and the grandson? Maybe Remember, those are the get, humans. Do we get Scooter in there? No, that's okay, not look, That's not enough. Maybe we that's make those enough. the humans and no. Fred Savage is reading to his kid. <laughs> no. No, no. I think that we have to. I think that we've got um, Kermit reading to um, what's his, n- his nephew. What's his name? Robin. Yeah, is Kermit his and nephew. Robin. Kermit and Robin on the on the frame, right? So we have our frame, Kermit and Robin. But we zoom in on the story. We've got Miss Piggy as Buttercup and Bacon Cup. Yeah, well, see if you've got if you've got if you've got Miss Piggy as Buttercup, you got to have Kermie as as Wesley. They Fine. tried. Okay. They tried this thing. Fine. They tried this thing like a handful of years ago, where they had a new Muppet television series, and the premise of the series, like it starts right Kermit after and Kermit and Piggy, Piggy have a divorced. divorced. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. That's <sighs> terrible. That's it was terrible. terrible. The show was a total failure. It was like a primetime show. It was trying to be like a Muppet no. version of Thirty Rock, and no. it did horribly. It absolutely mm-hmm. failed. And like the 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 culture of Muppets have have basically since walked back the whole divorce story. Like Redcon. Yeah, Kermie and Piggy are never divorcing. That she no. she she owns him mm-hmm. for life. But. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, I uh, let's see. So so let's get back. Let's get back to the question. I, I see. I, I, love so this I think question. I think that I think that we're I think that we're moving past the obvious. I think that the obvious cho- choice here is that the bad guy, the the bad guy is the villain. So <gasps> Prince Humperdinck is the villain, and we just need to cast it. I I know. I, I I've got it. We just have the original okay. come back. Benedict Cumberbatch. Ooh. Oh. Benedict Cumberbatch as Humperdinck. Has he done a Muppet? Has he done what? a Muppet? Movie? Never. He hasn't. Would it be ironic to have Carrie Elways be Prince Humperdinck? <gasps> no. I don't know if we could live. I mean, no, I, mean, I thought about it. That. I thought. I thought about like how do we get the original cast back in there in some way? And I'm sure that we have cameos sprinkled throughout. I'm sure we can make that happen. But I oh. think in terms of like the constantly on-screen villain. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is an excellent choice, dude. So you know what's so great about this is everything. You're not the first person. You're not the first person to choose this one. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like he this he's a fan favorite for this particular what? casting. Oh, yeah, he's like a, he's like the fan favorite. Like Perfect. everyone's like Benedict Bunk Cumberbatch. He's the you know well, Bandersnatch one... cu- cucumber face. Uh, it's the... Brenda Derp Crumble Scrunch. Thank you very much. <laughs> The role we Banana haven't Graham. cast yet is is Winker what's Man? what's animal going to do? Um, that's a good. I I think you uh, have one guess. Let's see. He's the he's he the, could be the he could be the sheriff or not the sheriff. He's the uh, ga- he's the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper he's with the, the key. The gatekeeper. He's the R O U S. Oh, oh. <laughs> no no that no, would that's be what Rizzo Rizzo, Rizzo is the R O U S. <laughs> Rizzo's oh, yeah. the R O U S. Well, he's a he's, he's a rodent a of usual version. size, though. 
He's a huge version they of just that. Make that's, him still sp- that still spells R-O-U-S. <laughs> that doesn't change anything. Um, that's pretty cool. Well, I uh, love it. I, I think that I think I think that we've hit on the 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 correct casting of this. That's what I think. I, I think I we've think I think we've close. got this. I, it's it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> I like this. Um, oh, I yes yes I agree with the pre- I agree with the two part premise. Part the first, you cannot remake Princess Bride, except part the second, it'd be a Muppet movie. Yes. I will say recently Kermit made an appearance on a show called Holy Moly. I love this show. I watch it with my son. Um, but whoever is currently voicing Kermit, it's the first voice in a long time that does not sound like Kermit. Yeah. It like it, it sounds like someone trying to sound like Kermit and it yeah. doesn't work. It was. So it was, it was Jim Henson, obviously. And then it was his and son. And then it went, it went to Brian Henson. Mm-hmm. And I Who think that they have, Yeah when I think that he has moved past that time in his life now. So I think they finally did outsource it, but for a long time, it was really, you know, kind of Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer Jr. And then Jim Henson, you know, Jim Henson Jr. So it all kind of, you know, how those things kind of relate to each other. So yeah, it's like, it was in the family and now it's out. And it's always sad when that happens, but what are you going to do? You can't, you know, unless you have a grandkid. I I realize that it, it still takes like a skilled puppeteer but there's also the notion that you can always get a skilled voice actor to replace the lines of the skilled puppeteer. You can do a two-part. It's best when the puppeteer is the voice. Totally understand that. But it doesn't stop a skilled voice actor from improving upon the recording if the recording is trash. So I would love to, I would love to see them explore that more. And I would love to see more Kermit impersonators actually practice the art of puppetry. Because we can't live with a Kermit who's not a Kermit. Yeah, so the Matt Vogel yes, voices correct. Kermit currently. Matt Vogel? Yeah. Do we know him from anything else? Uh, la, 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 let if I'm not mistaken, double. his last name means bird. Uh, anyway, just we'll figure it, it out. Quick. So, so... Is is there, I don't know, is there any room for the concept of a remake with all humans? Or are we stuck no. on like, no, it's got to be Muppets. No, no, no. no. After, after you brought up the Muppet idea, I don't think I can go back. I I yeah. was, no. so so me with my film background, of course, I was digging for, okay, how could I justify a remake? Who would I cast? All that stuff. I didn't get very far. But the moment you said Muppet, it was like, done. We got this. Yeah. This is <laughs> super done. That's the only way this could ever be done because it's. When you do it with the Muppets, everyone suspends disbelief and it's its own separate yes. movie. It becomes an homage and not a yeah. replacement. That was yeah. exactly what I was going to say. It becomes oh. something that with the exception of the Wizard and, of Oz and yeah. complements the original without trying to replace yes. it. Yeah, the Muppets Wizard of Oz was horrible, but <laughs> but the Muppets Treasure Island was fantastic. That was fantastic and amazing. So- so you, I, 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 you probably know this already, but there was a live reading of the Princess Bride during the during the pandemic, right? Yeah, you I did this. not know yeah. this. Yeah, and oh, it's very it, cool. Is yeah, it available and, somewhere like where podcasts are sold or something? No, you can just look it up um, on YouTube. Yeah, you can look it up, but it, you can you can see who they you can see who they cast to lead to read for it. Yeah. Because they the casting was really exciting. Jack Black was involved. Oh yes, um, um a bunch of the original cast was involved. Uh, let's it see was also during was the pandemic when they did it. Yeah, it was. Also, um, so. you know, during the pandemic, there was a short-lived um, video distribution app that uh, that died rather quickly called Quibi. It was Q U I B I. It stood for Quick Bites. And they did, I think, I think it's probably what you're talking about, but they did, uh, they did that thing where um, different famous people selected different scenes from the movie yes. and reenacted it like in their backyard. That's, yes. Yeah. That's, that's what, what, it what is. I was talking about. Yeah. Yes. So it was a celebrity, it was a celebrity fan film version of the princess bride. And it actually happened almost concurrently with the actual live reading. I actually got my facts mixed up. So there was a live, there was a reading by the original mm-hmm. cast. Then there was this celebrity kind of homage to the Princess Bride that include, oh my gosh, Patton Oswalt and um, 
Oh, and uh, uh, all these people like it's so it's so I'm awesome. Look it up. I will look it. I'm up. looking at it right now. Josh oh, Gad. They had to make a few boy. substitutions. Josh um, Gad was Fezic, but then Eric Idle is the impressive clergyman. What? No. Yes. Is that perfect yeah. or what? That's awesome. <laughs> Jennifer Garner as Buttercup. Uh, it Gen- looks like um, Jennifer Garner Neil did Buttercup. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over no, you. No, no, you're totally good. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> no, uh, Jennifer Garner did the Quibi uh, fan film as Buttercup 2 and as the um, the crone in the dream sequence. Yes. She did both parts and she was brilliant. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, this was so this was so, so funny. But it was right around the same time when people were talking about re- redoing it um yeah. and nobody nobody wanted nobody wanted to touch it but everybody wanted to be involved in it take a ytt david spade oh. uh like like uh, just just it was so so funny Patton oswald of course plays um Vicini and does the battle of the wits which is so funny he does it with his daughter alice oh <gasps> And then um, Rain Wilson played Vicini in a different one as he argued with Pedro Pascal as Montoya oh. and Jason Segal as Andre the Giant. Anyway, super, oh, super funny. Fantastic. And then um, King and Michael, Michael Key does some sword play. Which, anyway, it's really funny. All of those uh, little, they're, they're, they're so, so funny. I just remember watching them and being like, look, at everyone loves this movie. This movie is awesome. Well, and that's sort of like the cherry on top of this discussion is the fact that like the reason that during the pandemic, when everyone was isolated and they were looking for ways to connect with each other, they were looking, you know, people were becoming, I don't know if you remember this, it was only two years ago, but people were becoming like, they were becoming emaciated in their souls, right? Like they were craving, starving for human interaction and something that had an emotional impact, something that had emotional meaning. And what happens, but we get a live reading of The Princess Bride by all these brilliant performers, as well as a fan film uh, mosaic on Quibi. It's because The Princess Bride resonates so widely and so firmly with the the populace of the world right like this is an international film now at this point you know it's it's an international success now and it is incredibly well known and it has all of these not just nostalgic but meaningful roots in in what it means to be a human and to have those feelings and to desire love and to be loved uh you know it, there are so many levels to this film and why it resonates so well with with the vast majority of the population. It's okay not to like something that everybody else likes. It's okay. We've talked about this many times. Just because your opinion is different doesn't mean that you're wrong. Um, but The Princess Bride truly does reach the vast majority of the population in a way that's meaningful and joyful. And that's why during this time in the pandemic, when we needed something to like reinvigorate and nourish our souls... This was one of the things that we turned to. Yeah. So, I mean, we're running out of time, aren't we? I, I believe so. Mm-hmm. So real quickly, who is your favorite character in the movie and why? Oh, gosh dang you. Oh, yeah. This was something I was thinking of uh, earlier. Uh, Wesley is cool, but Inigo Montoya. It's got to be Inigo Montoya. Because of that character in this movie, I will watch anything that mandy patinkin is in right uh you and in truth you stole mine that's actually where i was going to go to because you chose that i'm going to choose the dread pirate roberts not wesley but the dread pirate roberts because the whole concept that you could build a legend out of your legacy and pass it down so pristinely that no one knows it's not the quote-unquote original or real Dread Pirate Roberts. That's freaking genius. Yeah, so, they yes. just franchised piracy. Yeah. <laughs> Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, man, this is so hard. Like, this is such a hard question. Um, uh, My favorite character. Uh, R2-D2. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a rough one. I just think... Um, that it's not fair because I think Indigo is uh, Indigo is a really really Indigo is a really great character and he's super phenomenal. phenomenal. But I think that like the heart of the story, 
I think the heart of the story is in Fezzik. I don't know why I love him so much, but I just love his gentleness. I love how he is such, he is so human with, with his, with his people. He's the one who, who saves them. He's the one who like, I don't know. In the end, when he rides up with those horses and he's just so simple and so good. And you're just like, you know, it, he doesn't do a lot, but the things he does are so important. And I think that that's what I like about humanity is that um, when it comes down to it, we don't do a lot here. We don't leave a lot here. And so what we, but it's okay if you just leave, if you have one good thing, if you do one good thing, if you just get the horses, <laughs> that is good enough. And I like that. Yeah. No, all great characters. Um, I mean, my favorite though always is Miracle Max. I, <laughs> you can't go wrong with Billy Crystal, but not only that, just the character itself is crazy and zany and silly, and um, and the, probably the reason I do enjoy it as much is because of Billy Crystal and the way he plays it off and his accent, and you know, then Carol Kane comes in calling him a liar over and over. <laughs> She's uh, so awesome. Just a great character, and then of course. Yeah, have fun stumbling the castle. You think they're gonna do it? It'll, it'll take, take a, a miracle. miracle. Yeah. You Goodbye. It'll, it'll take yeah. a miracle. <laughs> so you know, actually, you, you bring up an excellent point too, because Miracle Max is like one of the most easily quotable characters in the oh, whole yeah. movie. All to uh, this day, thirty some odd years later, we always say to blave, which yeah. means to, to bluff. <laughs> to bluff. <laughs> to bluff. <laughs> A mutton, lettuce, it's and tomato so sandwich. Yeah, mutton and mutton. Nice in the yeah. <laughs> He's only mostly dead. Yeah. He's only mostly dead. Yeah. Uh, no, this is a great movie. It's a great book. Uh, if you haven't read it, you're probably not in a deep, dark, dank cave, but go read it. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, shame on you. I'm just going to put it out there because that one is a shame. It's available it's wherever true. Disney Plus is sold. Yes. <laughs> go watch it for heaven's sake. You can find it <laughs> yes. anywhere now. You and don't have in... to go to the video store hoping it's on the shelf. You can buy it's it true. online. And if you're in Utah and you don't have this movie, go knock on your neighbor's door because they do. <laughs> they have yeah. it. Yes. You can go yes. to they a total it. stranger in Utah and just say, excuse me. Can I see the Princess Bride for the first time? And they, you will be the guest of honor. Yes, come in, come yeah. in now. We'll watch it now. Get out of here, kids. We're gonna watch. Yeah, we'll oh, make gosh, it come into my come into my basement. It's a theater space, and the thing is, in Utah, that's not some way to get kidnapped or disappear. It's just that everyone has some way to watch movies in a big way in their basement. It's yes. a Utah it's thing. Please come on yeah. over and watch movies with us. Yes, it's. I think that the the Princess Bride is the white album of movies. I think that anybody <laughs> oh, oh. like you have purchased it on. You've purchased it on VHS. You've bought it on maybe, uh, whatever that laser disc was. You might have purchased <laughs> it a as disc. a DVD, and now you've purchased it as a streaming. Uh, you've you've but you've bought it like five times. You have. Yeah, yeah, you have, and never regretted it once. Nope, and never Fun. regret it. You're gonna buy it. You're going to buy it when it turns into brain meals. Fun fact, if you go over to Amazon right now and you purchase the anniversary edition Blu-ray or DVD, the way that they redesigned the image art, the Princess Bride is read the same uh, right side up or upside down. Oh, yeah. Mm. I love that. Because the image is like a dual image of, of Wesley yes. and Buttercup versus uh, Dread Pirate Roberts and the Princess. Yeah. That's so cool when people do that. I love that. That's so neat. It's an ambigram. So yeah. Cool. All right, folks. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, if you have your thoughts, your ideas about, you know, you want to add to our conversation about Princess Bride, definitely let us know. Reach out to us. Uh, you can find us at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com or DCRShow.com. Or you can find us on our social media, which is Dungeon Crawlers Radio or on twitter it is dcr underscore show so with that said we are out of here and we'll catch you next time hey daniel <laughs> what <laughs> once upon a time i dated a girl until i found out she was a communist ah i should have seen the red flags <laughs> that's terrible <laughs>
was a terrible, terrible joke that you did to the world. Just wow. I, 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 I just don't know which way to go with that. Oh, man. Why did I like that one so much? <laughs> you want another one? No, never, but go ahead. <laughs> He's gonna go- so my daughter asked me to uh, give her a definition for inexplicable. I told okay. her it's hard to explain. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Why do, we, why do we keep letting him do this? Um, because the truth is, secretly, we like the punishment. Um, so you're saying we're masochists now? No, what I'm saying is that he's already sucked away one year of our lives. Uh, at this point, I think it might be four. Oof. <laughs> and dungeon crawlers. Ouch. Whether you are in the camp of adoring Princess Bride, or you haven't seen it yet, because I can only believe that those are the only two people in the world, uh, two kinds of people in the world, <laughs> always remember to be epic and don't suck. Remember, the force will be with you always. <laughs>